This is Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks, where a spirit board conversation sparked our spiritual evolution. I'm Shale. And I'm Cheyenne. And each week, we explore a world where there is much more than meets the eye. So pour yourself a drink and join us as we cheers to a witch in good time. Welcome back, Ouija babies. The finale. The finale. How did we get here? What a long, strange strange trip season three has been. But we made it. We did it. We did six more episodes than our first season. Which is amazing. That's a crazy amount. And you can't say we learned. It was definitely you that did the extra six episodes. (laughs) But I appreciate moving me into that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it counts. It all counts. I was like, I am still doing the bare minimum. Thank you very much. <laughs> it was amazing. It was so fun. I loved it. Uh, even, even if I should have planned it a little bit better. <laughs> we learn lessons every episode. Or every, yeah. well, every episode, but also every season. To be fair, we like definitely started this season real hella strong. And we've had some incredible guests the entire time. So they've oh really gosh. been, they've been the reason. <laughs> Thank you guys so for amazing. keeping us going. Yes. Cause you've been fabulous. We've learned so much. We've met so many cool people. This is, no, I always, I know I've been like looking forward to rapping and having a little bit of a break, but now that we're here, I'm like sad about it. I know. I feel like that always happens, right? Like you're ready for the next chapter, but then when you get to the end of the chapter, you're like, but wait, it's over. But wait. Am I really ready for it to be over? Yes. Um, Telly Wright is trying to attack my earbuds. Pause, please. Except get we're him, not going to pause get because friends... <laughs> This is a morning brew and I'm not going to edit it. We're just going to send this finale live and unfiltered out into the universe. So you can really feel like you're having coffee with Shale and I on this sunny Sunday morning. Also, as much of a shiznit show that season three has been, this is our only morning brew of the season. And we did it not because it's like a true morning brew, but because we're like, we're going to record in the morning and have coffee. And we'll pretend it's a morning brew and then celebrate the fact that we haven't done a morning brew. <laughs> yes. Celebrate all of your wins all the time. Shameless self-promotion always. Mm-hmm. We are not living small anymore. Uh, what are you drinking while I shuffle these cards? I'm drinking coffee. Hey, look, me too. <laughs> Go, Do you have any special uh, additions to your coffee? Nah, she's just a regular old latte today. Ooh, that's still fancy though. That's true. Mine's just drip coffee from a machine with creamer put in it. (laughs) That's basically all mine is too. I just had to use the machine to do a couple of different steps. That is true. Um, Coffee makers are great evidence that we can't live without robot assistants. Why I mean, did that just give me that just gave me a sinking feeling in my gut? When you said that. <laughs> I didn't mean for that to be creepy and morbid, especially. Why did that like, freak we, me out so bad? Of like, we, yeah, we can make coffee without it. It's fine. French press coffee is amazing. Pour over coffee is great. 
but being able to press a button and have the coffee just happen is a special kind of magic. <laughs> that's the true, that's the true thing right there is that the convenience is what gets us, right? Oh, three of cups, are you serious? Three of cups, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> three of cups hopped out of the deck, I think to end us the way we started with like love and friendship and community and all that good shit. I think we've drawn three of cups more than once this season. Didn't we draw it with Jeremy too? I think we did. And probably, yeah, I've, I'll have to go back and listen to them. But um, I believe this was also the one we drew for the new year. Oh, really? I feel like this was the one we drew with Gina. Maybe it wasn't. I'll have to go back and listen. Fact check me later. Um, nobody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please don't. Just believe what we say at all times. <laughs> oh, it's not worth the effort, I promise. Uh, actually it is worth the effort because you're listening to our old episodes which are great I just mean like answering that question for me is not worth the effort you should absolutely go (laughs) re-listen to the astrology of the new year episode because we talked about the whole damn year and we're like nearly a third of the way through it so it's it's good to revisit those um what even is time how are we a third of the way through the year what is So the Three of Cups embodies the vibrant, loving atmosphere of true friendship. The Three reminds us, excuse me, to take time to be joyous, to celebrate, and to show gratitude to the wonderful people who bring love and happiness into our life. Three festively painted teacups sit stacked upon each other. The calm, quiet remains of a joyful gathering of friends. Each cup is unique in its ornamentation, but they complement each other quite well. A large purple rose sits in the foreground. The rose is in its fullest bloom, symbolizing mature, healthy, vibrant friendship. Two candles in the background have been burning for a while, but have plenty of time remaining to burn. Take time to enjoy yourself and the wonderful people around you. Go out and celebrate. Dance, laugh, and be happy. Show gratitude to the many wonderful friends and family members in your life. No, Cutest. The cutest one. It is. It's my favorite. It's our theme card, and I love that. It really is. It truly embodies the, the why of this podcast existing. Absolutely. So what are we doing today? We're playing a drinking game. <laughs> oh, really? This, <laughs> I didn't really have a drinking game. <laughs> this is Legion Words of Midnight Marks. We're just <laughs> drinking our coffees as we ask these questions. I didn't really know how to describe it. I, I panicked in the moment. Um, we're asking each other unscripted, not shared previously questions of a spooky ilk. Oh, I like that. Mark. Ilk. That, that's a good ilk. word. <laughs> um, Lady Lock, Lady Ox Library coming in hot with her yeah, words. Mathosaurus. If I was a dinosaur, I'd be a thesaurus. Is ilk an adjective? Oh, don't ask me like grammatical questions before the coffee. Spooky ilk. Uh, but yeah, like nature. Nature would be a synonym of ilk. So it's a. Or would it be a noun in this? It's a context? noun. It's a noun in this context. Mm. Your OBM anyway. and grammar lesson coming at you this morning. You're welcome. I am drinking out of my kiss librarian mug. <laughs> Any hoodle. Uh, why don't you start us off? Ask me 
ask me a question, any question. Ooh, okay, so this is kind of fun because we're bringing the Halloween feels to early spring. Even though there's no Halloween related questions on my list, as I say, that, but they're all spooky themed. <laughs> That's okay, because a lot of, I kind of figured some of mine and some of yours might just happen in the moment organically too. Yeah, absolutely. So some of these I did Google for inspiration, but this one I did not because it's Lady Ox library themed. And oh, a cute. quick shout out, if you have not followed the Lady Ox on, or the Lady Ox library on Instagram. Do it now because it's the cutest space ever and it's Cheyenne's newest baby. Thanks, and you friends. should support her at all costs or I will fight you. <laughs> anyway. Thank you. Um, also, it will probably be the future home of Literary Witch Book Coven in a more long-term off-season context so that I don't overwork myself the way I have in the past. Because <laughs> <laughs> we are all about balance here. But anyway. Balance. In Lady Ox library fashion, what is your favorite spooky book? And a follow-up question to that is what is your favorite spooky author? Because they may not be the same. Mm. Yes, this is a good question. Uh, the answers are not the same. My favorite spooky author is Daddy King, naturally. Ooh. That's a good one, good uh, classic. And I'm, I'm giving him that one because my favorite spooky book is like a one-off. It's its own thing. Okay. But Stephen King, I saw somebody on Instagram with a Stephen King library. Like, I don't know how many books this man has written. I keep looking over here because like, I have I them right here. I used to think it was only like 10, but the dude's written like no. 50. I think it might be hundreds. <laughs> Wait, really? Okay, hold on. As you're answering this question, I'm going to Google it because I need to know. <laughs> yes, please. It's crazy. Um, my favorite spooky book is Frankenstein. Oh, I Shelley. love that. Um, or also Jaws. I think Jaws counts as a spooky book. Um, I'm a fan of monsters, clearly. I, <laughs> I like things that are obviously, hopefully not going to come eat me. Or in the case of Jaws, I, I like the psychological thriller aspect, but I actually love sharks so much. Don't hate on sharks. Um, sharks are just misunderstood. Totes. But that's a fantastic example of just horror and suspense writing of the highest degree. So do you have a favorite spooky book? I feel like we should answer yeah. both sides. So first of all, I have to make a confession because I didn't know this until your episode on When Walls Can Talk with Jeremy where you were asking questions and you said that Jaws was a book. And I was like, I had no idea it was a book. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so oh, good. And anyway, it's very different. Yes. My favorite book. Um, so my book and author are also different. So my favorite book is also by Stephen King. I love Pet Cemetery. It's a oh, classic. So good. It's so good. Um, I think the, the runner up to that is actually the bird box. Mm by Josh I think it's Mailerman is his last name but yeah that book like it, it I read it while I was in New Orleans and it like reinvigorated my love of reading spooky stories the movie was terrible sorry Sandra Bullock I love you but the like I don't know how you make a book like that a movie because yeah. the whole premise behind it is like not being able to see and being able to describe that in words is so much easier but that book is super good but my favorite author 
is Jennifer McMahon, I think is how you say your last name. Um, she writes these books. She's not super well known, but I've come to be like a super fan of her. And her books are always based in Vermont or like New Englandy type feels. Yeah. And they have like that classic like ghost story haunted house feel to them. And they're just these cozy fall autumn spooky stories that I just love. And if you haven't read The Winter People, you have to. That one's so good. Oh, okay. I'll add that one to my list. Need to keep the spooky season vibes all year long, man. Absolutely. And also Stephen King has written 64 novels according to Wikipedia. Hey, Price really of Sort of. So, so 64 novels and 200 short stories. Ah, okay. That checks out. Yeah. But also like some of them are inches thick. Yeah, like it is thousands of pages. It's like word count wise, <laughs> he probably wins. Absolutely. Okay, my first spooky question is inspired by our episode with Wormwood and Witches. Okay, I'm like this to go a lot of different directions already. <laughs> it could. Um, if you were a haunted eBay item. Oh, that's a good question. What would you be? Fudge. This one came to me in the bath this morning. I felt quite inspired. Oh, it's so good. Um, I don't know why the first thing that popped in my head was charcuterie board. <laughs> because I'm like, I hardly ever do charcuterie boards. So that like wouldn't make sense. <laughs> but I'm just there, like, what would you find on Etsy or on eBay? <laughs> um, well, you know what I think I would be? I think I would be one of those like cameo lockets that's my answer no it's not truly I not a cameo locket mine is like a heavy heart-shaped silver like hella filigree locket with a black and white photo of a woman who nobody can identify inside of it oh my gosh that was super specific but that's really awesome that we both came to the same conclusion three of cups which is I've always loved love loved cameos I just think there's something antique and vintage and Victorian about them and you just feel spooky looking at them you know so good that's fabulous that but it would happy. it would have like a a spooky perfume associated with it like I don't really wear perfume but in this case if I was an eBay item when you'd open it it would have that like ambiance mm. of like an old Victorian perfume that would be it that's cool that was a brilliant question thank you you're very welcome <laughs> I want people to tell us on Instagram what haunted eBay item they would be. I would obviously go for like thousands of dollars though. Mm. Like all out bidding war. (laughs) Everyone would want it. Yeah. It would be the subject of like a Netflix documentary series of like who (laughs) is the woman in the locket. Stay humble. Stay humble peeps. That's what we're all about here. Right. Um, okay. I found this question on Google and it was so funny that I just had to ask it to you verbatim. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> like, I love it. Would you rather get a foot massage from the monster under your bed 
or dance the tango with the monster in your closet. That's amazing. I would absolutely rather dance the tango with the monster in my closet. I'm, my feet are crazy ticklish. Fair. And like even pedicures take like a significant amount of like mental and physical preparation. So I don't, I don't trust what's living under. Th- to be fair though, what lives under my bed is Willie. And she probably wouldn't give a good foot massage anyway. <laughs> I'm kind of like, if you're going to be under there and you're going to like grab my feet anyway, you might as well like make it I mean, useful. <laughs> that's, that's a valid answer for sure. That's totally fair. And then I don't have to fear like, you know, my feet being out of the blankets when it's too hot. Oh, it's just an invitation to have your feet rubbed. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's, do your job, you, monster. Yeah, it's like, hello, <laughs> I am ready. That's hilarious. Okay, I have kind of a similar one. Okay. If your house was haunted, like, no, not if your house was haunted. Your house is haunted, statement. I don't claim but, that energy. No, but you get to, you get to create this ghost. Okay. Um, what does your haunted house ghost, like what's your haunted house ghost known for? What's their vibe? Ooh. That's a good question because at the same time, like I obviously have to live with this ghost, so I can't make them like too scary. Yes. You don't have to make them scary at all, but. I mean, that's a good point. Just because it's a ghost doesn't mean they have to be scary. (laughs) And like, what room do they reside in? Like, where do they hang out? Like their energy hangs out in a specific place. If that helps you. Yeah. I think, I think I want them to just be like, just like slightly mischievous because then it can entertain me as well. And I think it'd be funny if my ghost is just known for like, you're just sitting at the table, we're sitting, having coffee, chatting, and it just comes and like taps you on the shoulder. Yeah. And then you'll look but one like, direction. <laughs> yeah. And you'll like look one direction and then it comes back and like taps you on the other shoulder just twice. Just so you're like, okay, am I going crazy? Cause I know I felt that, but then it never does it again. That's great. Until you come back the next time. That's a good one. Yeah. Just slightly mischievous. What would yours be? I need to know how you create your Sims ghost. Well, I, I originally, I know this is creepy because this is actually something I'm usually afraid of. Um, but I think I would want mine to live in my mirror so that we could- That's actually like, very interesting to me. So that we could have face-to-face convos. Um, but Oh, like Moaning Myrtle. Well, maybe not her vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But she okay, hates no. the bathroom. <laughs> No, okay. Like Dita Von Teese's ghost in Curious Creations of Christy McConnell, who hangs out in the mirror and like advises her on boys and her outfits. That's fair. But also, I love that. just turn around and she's in, like, it would still freak me out that she was in the mirror. Right. So that's my combination of like the scary I can handle. Yeah. But, but when you're like, oh shit, okay, yeah, it's you. And she's like, dude, your hair looks fucking weird. Like that's the that's the kind of ghost I want. He's just that brutally honest friend before you leave the house. Yeah. And I also feel like bathrooms are notorious. Why does all the scary shit happen in the bathroom? 
Because it's where you're most vulnerable. But like, but that just makes the most sense for like, just live in the bathroom. Fine. We'll just play into every ghost stereotype. I feel that. So you're just like coming to terms with it by having acceptance. Okay. I like that. (laughs) Also, I was watching Christine McConnell the other day with her newest video on YouTube where she's like hand freaking drawing Victorian wallpaper. And I'm like, what deal did you make at a crossroads somewhere where you're this talented? Yeah. Like she can do anything, any kind of DIY thing you can think of. She does it, but she does it in like the most phenomenal way. It's crazy. She's fabulous. And she like, she's like the most humble person I've ever seen too. She's just like, yeah, you know, she's so nice drawing this. I just made (laughs) an entire Winchester mansion out of gingerbread. Just because I felt like it. (laughs) She's magic. I wish she would adopt me. Can we manifest her as a guest on the podcast? Oh my God. I don't think I'd be able to talk to her. I would be like so (laughs) starstruck. I'd be like, I don't, I, I don't feel like worthy of being in your presence. Yeah. That's. (laughs) That's fair too. I think sometimes the reason you don't want to meet your heroes is not because your heroes will disappoint you, but because you will have just the most absurd, awkward reaction and disappoint yourself. <laughs> yes, that is a valid fear. <laughs> so that's a good segue into our next question. And yes. actually the mirrors actually kind of are oh. what is the mirror concept is like what actually inspired this question. Okay. But is there a form of divination that you are afraid to do? Ooh. Not that it's like not advised necessarily, because I think there's obvious ones, but is there something that you just like, something just freaks you out when you think about doing it? Gosh, I don't. So my answer to this question is maybe weird, but no, as long as I'm doing it with somebody else. <laughs> That's fair. Like, like, I don't think I would pull out a Ouija board alone, probably. Right. Like, it just, because I, I worked myself up pretty quickly, emotionally anyway, but like things like tarot or like pendulums, like that's all really easy and accessible and doesn't have like a creep element to it. I don't know. What about you? So I've always wanted to try it, but it doesn't mean it doesn't freak me out. But I really would like to get into scrying. But there's something about it. And I think it's because of things like Bloody Mary, because I was so prevalent when we were kids. Yeah. But like the idea of seeing visions or messages in a dark mirror really creeps me out. Yeah, interesting. See, I would I feel be like that's likely, one of those you have I would be to more likely to scry. Uh, yeah, see that on my own doesn't actually bother me that much. There's something about really? that intimacy, but I have this like I really enjoy like meditating over water and it's like that same kind of vibe and I like looking for things or like looking for things in cloud. It would probably scare me if something actually happened. Like if yeah. I But there's something about it that I think like conceptually because it feels more intimate with spirit maybe as opposed to like you're moving an inanimate object yeah that's a good point it I think feels what, like less possessive and just more like active and intentional yeah 
I think like what freaks me out about scrying is that there is just such an element of the unknown and there's almost like that vulnerability of like mirrors are just so known for being a portal to whatever totally but I feel like there's almost like this sense of like lack of control like obviously you would like do all of the protection things you needed to but the idea of whatever wants to could come through just really wigs me out because like if there's something super creepy that comes up in there like I'm not going to be able to survive that let me traumatize no I mean that's very fair I'm taking a very rose-colored glasses of the types of (laughs) beings that would hang out in my scrying mirror Uh, and I think what's good about scrying too is that it's like most productive in a dark room so you're in a dark room by yourself looking into a dark mirror like it just gives you all the heebie-jeebie vibes you know yeah, well, now it does. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're going to ruin divination for all of you. Oh, so good. Mm, okay. You have to spend the night in a haunted, like a known haunted location. Where are you sleeping? This is such a good question. You know, I have to, I've always kind of been curious about the Lizzie Borden house. Oh, yeah. Just because there's like such a level of unknown as to what like made her do it. I do believe Lizzie did it. I'm not going to lie. I'm in that boat. But I also feel like she probably had a good reason for why she did it. Yeah. I think there's a lot of family dynamic that we don't understand. And I'd love to know all of the secrets behind that. And hopefully it would be revealed to me if I stayed there. Yeah, I like that. That's a good one. How about you? Where are you staying? (laughs) So I have two answers. One of them, I actually think I would, I would, I want to hang out at the Bell Witch house. Oh, that's a good one. I feel like that's a level of haunting that I could appreciate. I feel like there's enough like empathy for the spirit that resides there mm-hmm. that it would be an okay, terrifying experience. <laughs> yes. Um, but I also think it would be fun to like stay somewhere like the Denver Botanic Gardens overnight Mm, like there yeah that would be somewhere that's like visibly very beautiful but on top of a lot of dead things that are all vertical like I don't know why that wigs me out so bad oh it's so creepy (laughs) right like that's the house I want to I'll sleep like in that pond outside that house yeah that's a good one the other place is scry too because all of the pools are lined with black that's a very good point very good point The other place that I think I'd be like intrigued to stay at is the Winchester mansion. Oh, totally. That would be a fun one. Except I feel like that's almost the vibe of one of my recurring nightmares as a kid. Like that that house, like it was just like big mansion style, like all sorts of different levels, secret passageways. You could never get out of it. Like it was always the goal to get out of the house and I could never get out. Mm. Um, And so I feel like that would maybe be a little too that come to life. 
Yeah, it has like very chaotic energy to it, but also it's weird because it feels like when you think about the Winchester Mansion, it feels like one of those places that's so chaotic in in its energy, but at the same time feels so controlled. Yeah. Because she was like doing things intentionally based on what they asked for, but like also it feels chaotic to us because it's so out of the norm of the world in which we understand, right? But like, if you think about multiple dimensions and stuff like that like it probably makes sense why she put together what she did based on what spirits asked for yeah so it's just is so fascinating to me that's a, yeah that would be a fun one also I'd want I to just ask her turn. spirit straight up and be like so doors to nowhere explain the metaphor <laughs> like I don't want to know why <laughs> all right is it my turn yes um what is the weirdest thing that you're superstitious about hmm I I for a long time used to do the hold your breath passing a graveyard thing like that was like such a thing when I was in the fourth grade and I just there was like a significant amount of time but I so here's the thing about like superstitions I now am at the point in my life where I like actively defy and like step on the crack walk under the ladder Um, (laughs) like I walk under the ladder every time I put one up at work like it's just this weird like I don't rebel in a lot of ways So I feel like superstition wise, um, I do, however, always throw salt over my shoulder if I knock it over. That's one that I always do. Okay. Yeah. I do appreciate that energy. I don't really think about it. Yeah. I appreciate the energy. It's like, fuck the man, but like at a universal level. (laughs) 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 Feels very low stakes. The those particular rebellions yeah what about you mine I was raised a country kid so my thing is I will legit lose my mind if you put your hat on the bed lose my mind about it because it's always been said that not some it's not something bad that happens to you as a result of it but somebody you care about and so I even have like my poor husband trained. I trained him very early. Like he saw, I saw his hat on the bed like one time and was like, nope, never again. Never. That is an absolute no-go in this relationship. But yeah, I can't stand it. Like I get like actual heebie-jeebie chills and wig out and panic. I hate it. Oh oh my gosh. Wow. That's a good And the other one is, this is actually coming from kind of the emergency response world, but I cannot stand the Q word. And the Q word is if you say something like, it's going to be quiet this weekend, Uh that means you basically just set in motion for an absolute disaster to happen. Got it. Yeah. You can't say it like in, in our building, like people, like, it's not even just me. It's an entire cultural thing in the community. Like if you say it at all, you like lose friends. <laughs> huh. And somebody did it to, there was this firefighter guy on TikTok 
he's like doing the whole video and he's like, yeah, you know, there's this word that people fear. And then he does it. You should have a Q word weekend this weekend. And I was like, bro. And like in the comments, all of them were like, how dare you? <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah. Not one that I was familiar with prior to this, but like the concept of like, I believe in it. <laughs> yeah. No, the concept of jinx in general is one that I definitely will yeah. be aware of. Or I used to have this thing where I was a kid actually where I'm like, if I think it, it won't happen. It was like the opposite. So then I would overthink it to death to be like, there's no, I I usually did it in terms of like good things where I'd be like, oh no, don't think of that because if you think of it, it won't happen. It was like reverse jinxing. Interesting. Yeah, it was weird. I could see how that works. It's still kind of like manifestation. In a it was way. like a probability of law kind of thing where I was like, what are the odds if I think it? Yeah. That it would actually happen. Very interesting. It's kind of creepy. Is it my turn? It okay. is your turn. <laughs> <laughs> so this was probably easier with Jeremy because then you can just like, there was one person that rattled off all the questions. <laughs> you didn't have to keep track of whose turn it was. Yeah, I just wrote a bunch. And to be fair, a lot of the ones I asked him were not like spooky. Right. Um, Okay. Your soul gets trapped inside a jack-o'-lantern. Ooh, okay. What design does your jack-o'-lantern have to entice somebody to come and light the fire that will release you? God, that's a freaking good question. (laughs) You know, what came to mind is like a very like woodland enchanted forest theme. Like you have like like the big forest. Yeah. And ferns and like little toadstools. And there's like a big moon over in the corner, like a big crescent moon that you want to illuminate. Cute. I would light that candle. Yeah. And then I pop out and I'm like, wah. Oh, shoot. Sorry. I accidentally opened Peacock. (laughs) Trying to watch movies while we podcast. That's always fun. Oh, okay. What would mine your would, look like? Mine would be an oak tree theme. Mm. Lots of acorns, but it would be the kind where it's like carved the skin really thin, but not cut all the way through. So very like a luminary lantern feeling so that the desire to see how things would shine through the skin would be completely irresistible. There's no way I'm not getting set free. I would absolutely fall for that. Also, I'd be like, oh, acorns light. (laughs) (laughs) Cute. It's so cute. That's very fall theme too. So you could get all the people that like don't love Halloween too. I have a little acorn sitting next to me. So I was like, ooh. So on the walk that I take our dog on a lot, there's like a whole row of oak trees and they always drop acorns and I always think of you when I pass them. Well, thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. I love acorns. They're just so cute. Can't handle it. So this one's a little dark. Okay. Ready? Yes. But I, it was one of those that came up on Google that I was like, ooh, that's too good of a question to pass up. Ooh, okay. Do you have a hunch about your own death? Oh, I had a feeling that's where you were going with this. 
Okay, no, but I have a hunch that I died in a vehicular style accident in my most previous life. Oh, really? Because that has been a huge, like, a huge, huge fear of mine for such a long time. I'm really annoying to drive with, I'm sure, because I'm just like, you're going too fast. You're getting too close uh, <laughs> uh, with anybody, no matter who I'm driving with. I'm always like, Ugh. Um That could also be because you had a little red truck that had like, didn't it have like no rear view mirror and like one side mirror? <laughs> she had one side mirror on the driver's side, which is legal in Montana. Thank you very much. And you drove it in My- Denver, which is terrifying <laughs> to me. <laughs> um, yeah, I only drove her in Denver once and then my mom and my partner made me get a new car. I'm glad they did. R.I.P. Lolita, a good way to die. You, there was a love note from you on the visor, the passenger side visor um, that you wrote in Sharpie one day. And I can quote it to you because I can see it perfectly in my third eye because that's what hangs out in the photo album of my brain. A love note for me? Yes. It says, I can't believe I've never written on a moving vehicle before. This is amazing. And then it was shale the way you used to sign your name in high school with like hearts and stars and all sorts of doodles around it. And then I do not have on, any recollection of that. You but that's don't. So sweet. You started <laughs> the trend, and then from then on, anyone I like deeply cared about, I would let write on the like visor of my screen. Oh my gosh, that's so. So sweet. the inside of Lolita had all like, these like teary eyes. I don't know why that's so that's nice. So cute. <laughs> Lolita was definitely haunted. Yeah, that girl had 10 out of 10 haunted vehicle. And then then I gave her to NPR and let them crush her into a cube. I probably am being haunted by my truck. Oh, sad. RIP. Any hoozle. So you died in a in a vehicular accident. Oh yes, I think so. (laughs) Um I've spoken with some people who have semi-confirmed this notion uh, but we don't have to get too overly woo today um I think on a more we're always here for overly probably I think it's probably uh more likely that my brain will go ahead and just decide to not work one day um okay which is kind of just sad and morbid but I get these weird ocular migraines and I don't know my odds aren't great there (laughs) (laughs) That's like my family. They're all riddled with heart disease. And I'm like on this mission to prove that I'm going to be the one that doesn't die of heart disease, which I don't know why, because like, obviously anybody that would know about it is going to be dead before me, <laughs> but I'm just like out of it that I'm like, I'm the one in this lineage, not going to die of heart disease. So I'm going to eat vegetarian and I'm going to run all the time. <laughs> yes. I love that good motivation to take care of yourself in really good lovely ways absolutely also did you ever I don't know I think it was you that I was talking to about this but were you one of those that was like convinced that you were gonna die young yeah but you know why you know why I genuinely know the answer to this it's because we had so many assemblies as children about like car accidents about like we just we had multiple people who came or like school shootings like we've grown up in the right. where we were experiencing like that kind of collective trauma um, that's a really interesting thought and I, I can't believe I've never even thought of that 
so it was more, that's like the logical reason for why I think I used to feel that way. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Cause that I used to be one of those question. people that was like, I'm absolutely <laughs> convinced that I won't make it past like 25. And then I got to 25 and I was like, Oh, cool. <laughs> like, I'm still awesome. here. <laughs> okay. I mean, like depression, mental health is probably a part of that too. Like just like the, we've gone through this big cultural shift, I think, and taking things more seriously. Yeah. Um, but I feel like in the time that we were young and impressionable, it was all still very taboo to talk about, but yeah. we were also being like... <laughs> Like, do you remember when we had to pretend to die in a car accident at school? Like, do you remember that assembly? Like, that was kind of traumatizing. <laughs> yeah. In a lot uh, of ways. Um, but also, like, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to pinpoint it. But I feel like I've experienced enough of those, like, after school specialty type things that it just became ingrained that it was going to happen. I also used to be so irrationally afraid of being kidnapped. Like. <laughs> yeah. Like I was convinced that because I slept in the front room of our rental house in Michigan and my parents were in the back room that it was like, that was it. That, that was the golden ticket to being kidnapped was not having a bedroom next to anybody else. Yeah. I do feel like our parents that like grew up in the eighties were like really traumatized by kidnapping and then like, yeah, rejected like, that major, major, like yeah. <laughs> major. What about you? Do you have a suspicion? I, or is it I just the defying know. heart disease, which is a good mission? Like, that's yeah, cool. I think that's it. I also think part of me was like worried about dying young all the time because I was such a dreamer, you know, and I was always like, I have to do so much with my life that I just don't feel like I'll have enough time to complete it all, you know? Yes. So I think that was part of it too. But a hunch about my own death. I, for some reason, I do feel like it'll just be like a peaceful old age thing. And I don't know if that's just like my brain just being like complete opposite of the way I was when I was a kid, but I like, I've never felt like I'm going to die in a traumatic way or anything like that. And I, even when I was worried about dying young, I didn't feel like it would be like in a traumatic way. So yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's a head scratcher. It's an interesting one to ask. Yeah. There was also another question that was asked that I thought was interesting too, where it's like, would you rather know the date that you are going to die or would you rather know how you're going to die? If you had to choose between the two. If I have to choose, I would rather know how. Really? Yeah, because I still think knowing, like knowing enough, like and contemplating your own mortality enough, I think would be a greater inspiration to like knock out your bucket list or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be a lot easier to live just an intentional, like present life if I didn't have like a ticking clock in the back of my head. It also kind of, that question reminds me of the Adam Project a little bit. Did you, have you watched that uh-uh. on Netflix? It's really cute and good. And like one of the better like time travel sci-fi movies I've seen in a while. It's just the writing's fabulous. It's Ryan Reynolds and Jennifer Garner. It's Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. Um, Mark Ruffalo. I love him. Um, so no spoilers, but that concept is a large question that is answered. Um, and I mean that the person chooses not to know they're like, I don't like, don't tell me anything. Like you can't tell me. Yeah. Um, cause that's not how this works. Um, 
So obviously I think my real answer would be, I would choose to not know, but if I have to know, I would rather know how. Yeah. I go back and forth on it all the time of like, like, I don't think I'd want to know how I die for some reason. Like we can leave that up to surprise, (laughs) but I always feel like I might want to know when, because I do think like ego gets in the way for us in this life where all of us know that we're going to die. Like it's inevitable, right? All of us know, but for some reason we all also live our life as though it's not going to happen. We're going to be the one that makes it out. And I feel like if you had like a timestamp, you're like, okay, December 23rd at 19 or 2070, (laughs) (laughs) you're going to die. Like, then, you know, you have like a finite timeline, right? Where like, so I have a follow-up question to that response then, which is like, what does that last day feel like for you then? Like, are you living in pure abject terror all day or have you had enough time to come to terms with it? Like, what is that? What's that coping grief process look like on the day of your death? I guess like that's a, that's a scenario comment. Cause, cause like it could be what it, 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 it depends on like when you're told, I guess, when your day is going to come. Right. Cause if I was told today, Hey, tomorrow is your last day. Then I think I'd be feeling a lot more grief, but if I'm like, <laughs> Oh, you're going to die when you're 80. Okay. Then yeah, I've got like a couple of decades to, you know, come to terms with it. But I think if it's the latter, I think I would definitely have a, a feeling of acceptance and be like, okay, cool. I've, I've, done what I wanted to do hopefully hopefully because of that like finality and I know I'm like not doing stuff that makes me miserable and I'm like living intentionally more so because I know of the date but I think if I were to find out yeah you're gonna die tomorrow I'd be like well shit <laughs> that was kind of out of the blue <laughs> well that was rude oh it's but that is what's interesting because even though we don't know, we know that that's a possibility, right? Like we know totally. it's a possibility, but when, without like being told exactly, we live as though it's not a possibility. It's such an interesting thing our brain does. Yeah, no, it's a good one. It's a good brain tickler. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to lighten <laughs> it up. <laughs> okay, on, I, I'm going to bring it dark one more time because I have a final thought here, but then I'm going to lighten it up. Okay. <laughs> it almost makes me feel like, I think there's a real like sweetness in the way like people tend to celebrate the end of a familiar or a pet's life where it's okay. like your last day is going to be your best. Like yeah. you get every snack you want. I'm going to take you to all of your favorite places, all of your favorite people. Like here's your favorite toys. Here's your favorite blanket. You're just going to experience this like pure 100% day of just love yep. and joy. And like, if it can be like that, then tell me the date. That's fine. Right. <laughs> but you know, what's so funny is I always think about that. And I'm like, as much as that must be the best day ever, I'm like, I hope they also don't have like a raging stomach ache like, because they just ate everything <laughs> that they're not supposed to, you know? Be like, <laughs> oh yeah. Maybe you don't want to die having to poop. <laughs> Uh. (laughs) all right well that lightened it in a way I wasn't expecting it to so that's great you can be a part of any ghost busting paranormal investigating team 
whose team are you on? <laughs> you know, I honestly, I think I just have to go with the Ghost Adventures crew. Okay, I knew you were going to say that. Just because they're so fucking chaotic. Like, I yeah. think that's, <laughs> like, I think it would be so insane with them because they just wig out all of the time. Because I feel like so many other, like, ghost hunting crews are so in the, in the mentality of, like, we have to debunk whether or not this is really paranormal. And they get all, like, super serious and scientific about it, which I appreciate. But Ghost Adventures is like, holy fucking just talk to us <laughs> as if they haven't seen that in, like, every episode. And then everybody <laughs> collectively loses their mind. And I feel like I would just enjoy that. It would just make it so much more fun to be part of that kind of investigation. <laughs> yes, 100%. Um, so my answer to that is also a fun silly one but in a different way don't bite my foot miss thank you is that the monster under your bed yes it's telly red <laughs> actually she like uh demon crawls like on her back along she does the bed frame. i've seen that it's, it's very exorcisty it's super creepy <laughs> and then she bites you so it also hurts yay so then her little belly <laughs> goes along she's so cute um, I want to be a part of the Mystery Inc. team. I want to be in the Scooby gang. Oh, I didn't even know that was an option. <laughs> of course it's an option. Cheating. Everything is an option. Well, you said fun, and I want to have the most fun experience with my ghost busting team as well, but uh, the Ghost Adventures people would still scare the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, they probably would. Like, it's one of those... It reminds me of like that story when we went to the really freaky house in our hometown, you know, and yes, like I'm sitting there trying to be like the serious one that's like asking questions. The other person's like, are you going to haunt us? Like trying to provoke it. And I'm like, stop, <laughs> stop provoking it. That's how we get haunted. And they absolutely provoke everything that they can. So I'd be like, okay, hey, cool. I just have to live with the fact that I'm permanently going to be like possessed by something because of you all. Yes, absolutely. Oh, if you could possess a living individual, someone who's currently living, who would you possess? Okay. I'm like, I want to know what's going on inside your brain (laughs) and how we can like make you chill a little bit. And then you can record a podcast episode. Yeah. As like, just writing all of the wrongs right and then it'll be great it'll be great that's a good answer that's a funny answer thank you and I've got the podcasting skills exactly you're I totally know what it's like to to record on Spotify (laughs) (laughs) but also I want like the strangest I mean he's had some pretty strange guests on his show just off the wall thinkers but I think I just really want to possess him while he's like talking to like the most off the wall person. You know, I got to keep it a little entertaining for myself. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually think of an answer to this question for myself. 
I know. I'm like, you got to think of one now. You know, what's and really your, funny. Is, and yours is like, it's opening some avenues I probably wouldn't have gone. I'm like, yeah, I guess if I'm possessing you and I can control what's happening. Right. Interesting. I don't know that I can beat that answer. It's always so funny because my husband, he definitely listens to Joe Rogan, but he's like, he does it where he's like, I just listen to it because I just like to hear differing opinions. He's like, I don't believe anything he says. Like, as soon as you hear that, he's like listening to Joe Rogan, he feels like he's like massively defend himself. Yeah, that's <laughs> usually a laugh. red flag. That's yeah. what we call a red flag. Um, but also, yeah, you know, get different opinions, different. It's not like every single person who he has as a guest is crazy. No, like he has one of my absolutely like, favorite, um, I don't know, like mushroom scientists. Oh, like yeah. changing the world when Without it comes to a mushroom. fun person to possess a mushroom scientist yeah just I want the yeah. <laughs> I want 100%. to possess for the knowledge like I just want to like download your brain right and then steal all your ideas oh my gosh like if I could possess Rosemary Gladstar and get oh. all of her herbal knowledge oh. that would be a good one for you honestly I guess Stephen that would... King would probably be fun to possess for a day Oh my Stephen god. Oh my god. To know it's in his brain. So I actually think that's my new answer because I feel like he would like get a little tickle out of it too. And then he gets a book afterwards. Like, congrats. We had a fun day, me and Steve. That's actually a really good point. So question. Yes. Does a possess possess E? No. Possessor. Do I'm they talking actually get in like a very Hollywood sense when I'm talking possession. I know, but I'm <laughs> none of us have ever asked a demon. You know, they just get expelled, right? They're like, hey, That's you're true. exercised, you're gone. And sometimes the person who was possessed doesn't have any recollection of being possessed. Sometimes they do, but we've never asked the demons how selfish of us. We're just like, get the F out <laughs> and don't come back. But we've never asked them, like, do you remember the experience? Yeah. Or do they forget it too? What's that like on that end? That would be good. That would be a good question. We should have a coffee talk with a demon and be like, so tell us what it's like on your end. That's actually a really cute sitcom idea. Coffee talk with demons? Yeah. (laughs) Where you just sit down and ask demons about their experience and if they're misunderstood like Jaws. (laughs) Yes. Oh, this cat. What time are we at? How long have we been talking? I have no idea. It's 9.58. It's so we've been oh, about an hour. Amazing. Okay. Do you have any more questions? Yeah. This is one that I wanted to ask you too, as a witchy writer. If you were to film a new horror movie or write a spooky book yourself, what would the plot be? Who? spooky book okay I'm gonna I want to combine it I I like this idea and our like collective creativity on the haunted locket Mm. so it would be like very haunted locket haunted locket that well I don't know I'm like possessing the wearer is just a little too obvious I think but I think wearing it allows you to communicate with her but the communication is not in like an obvious kind of way. So you have to figure out a what's haunting you, why you're being haunted 
And then the whole goal essentially is to free her from this space that she's trapped in. So you have to like unravel the mystery of why, like who and why, and what unfinished business needs to be completed. But you need to write this book like now. Okay, I will. Like get off of here. What are we doing? Go write that book. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That wasn't a very scary answer. But it would have like the spooky vibes to it. Yeah, well, and her death has to be shrouded in some element of mystery, right? Like Mm -hmm. her, her life and existence is spooky. And that's what you're trying to fix as like regular old shale. Yeah. And it could be one of those, like, what's that movie? Is it the, is it the grudge? No. I can't remember the movie where like she is connected to a camera the person that passed and like he always has like the neck issues because she's like literally like sitting on his shoulders all of the time like you could have some super spooky elements to it totally doesn't mean that you like whoever is dealing with this locket has like a good experience right like they're like bros yeah no good point because you're like I need this to stop so right gotta figure out how to free you yeah so that I can go back to living my normal nice boring peaceful life but it could go either way. Like you could have like a very cozy, cutesy like story about like a ghost story, or it could be absolutely terrifying. You could go either way. Yeah. Or we'll just add like a legitimate ghost element to it. And you'll also fall in love with her. Right. Plot twist. Mm. <laughs> I would like to see where that goes. That could have a really tragic ending. Everybody who's listening this to this right now needs to say, sign an NDR. <laughs> That's Cheyenne's new book. (laughs) You can't steal it. You can. You can steal it. Everyone writes things differently. So many people would be given that prompt and write completely different stories. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm not mad about it. Um, Do you have an answer for that? I've always thought it would be really fun. And it's, it's kind of been done, but not like to the extent that I'm thinking, but almost writing like a reverse horror story that's like um inspired by the Salem witch trials where like the witches themselves are like the true protagonist and it's not like it's not obvious that it's the Salem witch trials but like you know people being hunted and misunderstood and stuff like that yeah, but like towards cool. the end of the book, you realize like this is a is a, the telling of the Salem witch trials, but it's not inherently obvious from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. I like twist ending books like that that are like she was dead the whole time. Exactly. I think I'm out. I think I'm out too. That was good. That was fun. I learned things. I learned things about you. I learned things about you. I learned that I'm less scared of mirrors than I think I am. (laughs) That's cool. We've had some healing. (laughs) (laughs) This is a very cathartic episode. I hope you enjoy it. Um, In all all seriousness, though, um, thanks for listening to our podcast, friends. Yeah, we hope this gave you like cozy sleepover vibes. Like we're just hanging out and telling spooky stories. Ish. 
(laughs) (laughs) you can tell I'm in a phase of life where I'm just like and then they all lived happily ever after (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but that's okay sometimes we need some sunshine and rainbows but we are curious for all of you um, if there's any questions that we asked one another that you would like to answer for yourself, because I am curious about how other people in our little collective community would answer some of these. Oh, please do. Okay, I have one more for you. Okay. If you, you're a spirit, you have one like cool ghost power. How are you haunting? Where and how are you haunting the place you are? I just feel like I would be the most annoying ghost (laughs) because I'm like, how can I mildly inconvenience people enough to just make them go crazy? (laughs) So like, yeah, very psychological warfare. I think I would be that ghost that like, you know, flips the breaker switch on the microwave so that you always have to redo the time. Or like, be so annoying. That would drive me crazy. Or like unplugs the coffee machine like five minutes before it's supposed to go off and like do its own thing you know so that you wake up and there's not coffee (laughs) that would be good like not enough to be like scary because I don't want to I don't want to be like mean and scary as a ghost I just want to be slightly annoying to the point where you're like I hate living with this person yes okay so my answer is also an answer of annoyance because I would I want the power to be able to Like I need to be able to move objects so that I can stand over your shoulder and read while you're reading, (laughs) but I'm a fast reader. So I would always flip the pages as soon as I was done and never wait for you to finish. And it would drive (laughs) me Oh my God. That would be so annoying. (laughs) It would be so good. So good. That would, that would entertain me forever because not only would I get to be entertained by whatever you're reading. But your frustration would just, it would get sillier and sillier for me. (laughs) And then when you get fed up and throw the book on the floor, I still have the power to turn pages so I can go ahead and just finish it. (laughs) That was, that's like my favorite answer today. That was a good one. That's a good one. So do you have a perwitchin slip for people for the summer? That's a good one. It's kind of the first summer that like COVID isn't looming. Mm, that's true. And that's been a factor of the entire existence of this podcast. Things feel a little true. brighter. It is true. So <sighs> I guess enjoy all of the things that the summer has to offer. If you're able to go to concerts or if things are more open, um, just enjoy all the things that we used to take for granted, right? That's my kind of perwitchin slip. I like that. I like yeah. that perwitchin slip. Uh, I give you perwitchin to, to take breaks from what you need to take breaks from. Yeah, that's a good one. And have fun. Have a fun, sexy summer, everyone. Fun, <laughs> sexy cool. summer. <laughs> Happy end of season three. We will see you back again in the fall for season four. I cannot wait. I love you, witches. Cheers. Love you, babes. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks. 
If you're having a witching good time, we hope you'll help us to grow this little coven. You all know it's us against AI in this algorithm eat algorithm world, so please help us out. Please like, rate, and subscribe anywhere you're listening to us. Also, we want to connect with our spooky, Marg-loving friends out there, so please like and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Links for those profiles will be in the show notes. And hey, be sure to tell us what you're drinking tonight. We love you all so much, witches. Cheers. <laughs>